Coming up on episode 117 of Appetite for Distortion, special guest Michael Shanker. We're going to talk about what's new with the Michael Shanker group, if Slash ever cited him as an influence, and we're going to talk about the loss of his friend and bandmate, Ted McKenna. All coming up. Welcome to the podcast. Do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? is Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 117. My name is Brando. Coming up in just a few minutes, legendary German guitarist Michael Schenker, of course, from UFO and the Michael Schenker Group. He's going to update us on his new tour album. And as always, I'd like to be transparent with this podcast. So I did this interview a few weeks ago as I'm putting it out because just so much happened at once as far as interviews are concerned. And I, I just don't want to overload you. I mean, that sounds crazy, but I get a lot of messages that say, I'm catching up. And I, I want to make this kind of, yeah, you can listen to these interviews whenever you want. Uh, I, I appreciate those who go back and re- re-listen to episodes. But I don't know. I, I say it often. I like the feel of a live radio show that happens to be a podcast, but talking to people like David Coverdale, Jim Brewer, uh, Susan Holmes and McKagan last episode. So just trying to get things out in a timely fashion. So uh, apologies to Michael for putting out this episode. Uh, a few weeks after uh, I spoke to him, super, super nice. And after we, uh, I speak to Michael, um, we're going to do some shotgun news because I want to talk about all these guests that I, I get and, and how they happen and perhaps how you can contribute to that because I think I, I, I think I need your help. Yeah, so uh, we're going to get to that after Michael Shanker. Hi, Michael. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I mean, it's such an honor to, to speak with you. But first and foremost, I just want to say, uh, send my condolences uh, for the loss of your drummer, uh, Ted, uh, earlier this year. So I'm, I'm very sorry to, to, to have heard that. Yeah, I mean, that was, you know, it's just it's just something you can't, you don't know how to deal with. You know, first of all, you you don't believe it. And then and then you don't know how to deal with it. But there's one thing, you know, is it, it will happen to all of us. You know, he's in heaven. He's watching us, you know, and we we will meet him. <laughs> we will meet him in heaven, and you know, and he's going to watch, and 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 and, and this, you know, and I can hear him keep saying, "Keep on rocking," <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, but you know, it 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 was really sad, especially the way he died, and uh, you know, routine operation. You walk into a hospital, you think you're walking out an hour later, and this is happening. This is just shit, you know. It's just bad. And but you know mm. it happened right in the middle of recording and in the middle of getting ready for the tour and stuff like that and so you know we had to think what to do and uh, we um, asked Simon Phillips who was very happy to do that 
and bought a shop from the uh, Mykolishenka group. And so they, we've, we worked out who was doing what because it's a 150 minute show for the, for the, for the tour and uh, 13 songs for an album. So for one album, for one drummer, that's a handful, you know, in such a short time. And so we decided that Simon is doing 10 songs for the new album coming out on the 23rd of uh, August called uh, uh, Revelation and uh, Bodo three songs and then I took Bodo went to UK with him and we worked our butts off to get ready for the for the tour we already you know successfully completed our album we had a listening session on the 30th we had international uh, press over there listening to it they all loved it you know, somebody was saying when I listen to Resurrection um, it I makes me happy when I listen to um, this new album Revelation a revelation I want a party you know that's, that's <laughs> such a funny way of how people perceive things and so it, it, it went really it went down very well and we are ready to rock you know Bodo got everything down and, and uh, I made sure I went all over the place I went from rehearsal studio to studio from studio to rehearsal studio and you know mixing and doing everything there is to be do, done and um, yeah and we are even now we have a new song out to support the Resurrection album, uh, the second leg of the Resurrection tour, Girl with the Stars in Her Eyes, my, one of my favorite songs and favorite lead break. And uh, so we are going to be there and we already starting doing two, sing two singles shooting video for the next album while we're in Los Angeles. Uh, we're doing three days of full rehearsal and uh, then it's the whiskey, a uh, go-go. Yes, legendary. <laughs> the place where I first, my first concert when I was 18 or nine, 18 years old, I think, um, in, 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 the, in, the, in the States. And uh, it's such a small place, but legendary. You know, he can reach the other side of the room if you're on stage. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what was your first concert? What was your first concert? Yeah, I think that was my first concert in the States. And it's funny. That who did you see, that, though? Do you remember who you saw? I, no, no, no. I played. It was my first concert. Oh, I misunderstood. I, I Silly me. Yeah, I came to the States very early in my life, you know, to tour with, with UFO. And the Whiskey Go-Go was the first uh, 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 place we played, I think. The next one was in, in, in San Francisco, 6,000 people holding a light in their hands. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> but the Whiskey Go-Go, it's funny that that is part of our, of our celebration, as if it's part of the cycle, you know, and, and, and the cycle is closing. It's funny that a venue is, is part of the celebration that we are doing, you know, with the Michael Schenker Fest. So for three nights playing there in a, in a very, very extreme intimate place must be an extreme uh, experience. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just amazing. Uh, a, for, there's a lot to unpack there. Everything you're doing is, is really good with the loss of, of your friend and how to heal and, and to continue. You know, I, I know after I've lost family members, I had to get right back on the air that helped me heal. So I think that's really great that it, you didn't let it slow you down. Um, and, and going from, I guess, booking, ending, not you're not you're ending your career, but uh, with this current tour, starting at the whiskey and, and ending up at the whiskey and everything you've done in between. Have there been any bands that asked you to join 
because you're just you've done so much. Yeah, I mean, so you said many, no. So many. I've done even. It's 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 more than than two hands full. I mean, it goes from Ozzy Osbourne, Rolling Stones to audition for them. It goes to Aerosmith, to Ian Hunter, uh, Phil Lynott, um David Coverdale. Um, I, it goes on and on and on. Wow. And, uh, but at some point it stopped because I think it was a fact that Michael wouldn't join anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you just so like I being just, a lone wolf. I just carried. I was very happy to experience fame so I was able to let go of it that's that's not what I was chasing anyway mm. I was having fun um, playing music and uh, and uh, pure self-expression and experimenting with music and so you know there's a saying if you stay true to yourself it, uh, um, uh, everything else will be added on to you and more and and that's exactly what's happening to me and and uh, you know that is basically you know, you have. Uh, I have done everything I, I needed to do. I, I, I my vision uh, that I had is is I did everything. All the experiments, uh, in, acoustic instrumentals, electric instrumentals, cover versions, just playing solo. You know, and and doing crazy uh, way of, of writing music from one riff to another, never stopping uh, throughout uh, the whole album. And and you know, and today there's nothing left that I haven't. Done. and it's a great feeling you know and so now I can do anything I can Brilliant. you know play the trumpet if I want <laughs> <laughs> but I'd rather do the Michael Schenker face. nice I, I look forward to the, the new record trumpet or not uh, many people have cited you as an influence and one of those is somebody that we talk about a lot in this podcast and that would be Slash has, has he said anything to you uh, as far as being an influence? Uh, what's your relationship with the uh, Guns N' Roses guys? Well, he he came on stage with that at some point when we did reunite with UFO at the uh, Palace in Los Angeles. Um, but uh, I, it was a couple of times when I when I actually wanted him to be on an album of uh, one of my albums from the past as a guest uh, guest player. But I guess he's very busy. Um, you know, Ron Wood is a, a funny story with Ron Wood. You know, uh, this, I got an I got a phone call to to audition for the Stones, and then I I got I was shocked. You know, I never called them back, but Ron Wood, you know, got got the job, and I never knew he was a Michael Schenker fan. You know, and he introduced his whole family, you know, to me as we played the the Hammersmiths in '83, and you know, told people, yeah, I'm I'm a Michael Schenker fan and stuff. You know, so I wanted Ron to play on this. On, on on this, you know, my my son Taro, who is uh, part of the management team, um, you know, he lives in Barcelona. I said, knock on Ron Wood's door and bring Mac Jagger with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many people? You might be the only person who has ever not returned a phone call to the Rolling Stones. And I think that's something really to be proud of. Well, that, that, that is, you know, that, it was pretty easy because I was very fragile, very young. I just came over to England, you know. I didn't speak English. Uh, a step to England uh, and, and, you know, it wasn't so much UFO, but that I actually was able to be in England where people had interest in music and, uh, like, uh, respected it also as a profession. Um, you know, and then uh, and then developing with UFO, that was enough. That was honestly enough. Intuitively, I knew that was enough. The other stuff would have been, you know, I mean, UFO was a psychedelic group, you know. I mean, I turned them into a rock band. I could have done something like that with the Rolling Stones. Hmm. But, you know, the main thing is, you, you don't 
take too much too long. I think what's meant to be will happen, you know. And Brilliant. I think that was enough of a handful um, uh, to deal with, with UFO. And then, you know, I was in the beginning of my development as a guitarist, the first Scorpions album I just did when I was 15. My first written song in Search Peace of Mind was my music, not the Scorpions music, um, which, you know, got credited to all of them. But um, my still my favorite solo in Search of Peace of Mind, you know, as a 15-year-old. But, uh, you know, my career, the development all the way up to Strangers in the Night and Love Drive, that was it. I was able to experience fame, let go of it, and then um, carry on in my middle years and the school of life and learn and, and understand who I am, who I was, and, and now celebrate and getting all the people they're from the different eras, uh, uh, different uh, uh, um, stages, uh, uh, singing for you know, singing for, for, for with, with, with you know, with my band, and uh, you know, from Robbie McCauley to Gary Barden to Graham Bonnet, and then Doogie uh, Doogie White from Temple of Rock, having a current singer in the band too, uh, made this whole thing so complete and and so perfect for a celebration. And uh, like you said, you know, at the end, you know, it is it is the third part of my life and that can last for a long time or a short time we don't know you know we don't know if we look at Ted you know that poor guy he, he, he walked in a hospital and never woke, came out mm -hmm. again with just a stupid routine operation so mm -hmm. we don't know what happens you know he may have a brick maybe I, I have a brick falling on my head and I'll be next who knows we don't know what we have is now and, and it's best to, to be positive and uh, you know when 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 uh, um, when the agenda of a person is fulfilled and and everything is said and done then uh, it will happen nobody knows when it when it happens michael this was such an honor to to speak with you you know you're an influence as a guitar player and i think a lot of people can learn from, uh, stuff from you that how you, your views on life so i really appreciate your time today thank you so much what a sweet man michael is and i'm so glad that he's continuing to do what he loves you know, after losing his bandmate, Ted McKenna, earlier this year and continuing uh, to tour, uh, I'm sure, you know, as he in, in implied, inferred that uh, that's what Ted would want. And that's how you, you move forward. And I wasn't going to get into it with him uh, right there. And another reason why those interviews, like I do some interviews that are quick like that, it's meant for morning radio. And lucky i'm lucky that i work here at iHeartRadio and premier radio networks in new york city that sometimes i can hop on these morning radio tours because of this podcast and all of you listening have given me a listener base letting my my bosses know that i'm not talking to the air that they will give me some guests uh so they allow me to get on the, the michael shanker uh morning radio tour extravaganza or something like that <laughs> uh so i want to get into that i think as part of news because i want to be transparent on this podcast uh I, I i enjoy that i enjoy radio shows that are are transparent so that's why you know i never try to be cooler than uh you might think that I am, assuming that you may think that I am, which you probably do not, uh, that some of these guests that are, the sh again, the shorter interviews that I get through my job, some I get myself. Um, I will say I was I thought Duff was going to happen, not due to Susan or, you know, maybe that will happen down the road, but he was going to do maybe a morning radio tour at here at iHeartRadio because uh, he was just in New York City. 
uh, he did some show at Sirius XM, and I know Susan and and uh, had a. Uh, a book signing uh, recently and had to work that night. Otherwise, I would have loved to have met her, actually. But uh, it just didn't happen. And I kept thinking, would I want, if I interview Duff, would I want to get that through my job? I, I, get, I mean, I would still earn it and deserve it, but I don't know. It might be something special like with Susan where I know I'm not going to get, you know, a ten, 10 minutes with him that I can just take my time and He's talking to me and only me. So we'll see. I, I I hope that happens, and I appreciate all of you who message. Oh, you're you're so close to the Holy Trinity, and when I get certain people, we'll see. We'll see where this podcast night train takes us. It's gotten me a lot further than I ever thought possible. Uh, but all, uh, Shotgun News is brought to you by AlternativeNation.net. AlternativeNation.net. We get it out there. Uh, and Brett, who runs the site, made some interesting uh, comments. I think on on Twitter. And I know a lot of you out there don't like Alternative Nation because of the quote-unquote clickbait culture. But I've always said about Brett and the clickbait, yeah, it could be frustrating, but there's a reason. And the reason is, not unlike you and me, who may take the time to actually read the article and do the research, the majority of, regardless of where you are in the world, we are just a sharing culture. You know, we see a headline, we share it, things get blown out of proportion. And it's just crazy. So um, whether you like it or not, and I, but I just I, I happen to agree with Brett uh, wrote here in response to one in response to one of his staffers. Uh, headlines have to be vague because he might he might say X you know Guns N' Roses member. It's like why don't you just say Duff McKagan or something? But he'll put in Guns N' Roses member uh, in his headlines. So headlines have to be vague because a lot of people are so lazy they only want to read the headline, which makes writing the article itself a waste of time. If people would just go to the sites, um, uh, they would. Li- if people would just go to the site, they would like and read the articles rather than uh, going on social media. It would be different. People don't do that. People don't go on websites anymore. Um, again, these are. I'm painting this with a broad brush. There are people who obviously do, but so many of us just share on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, so he he continues um, this, again. This is Brett, um, head of uh, Alternative Nation. I think if social media companies would create more innovative ways for websites to promote their stories, it could break up the uh, the monotony. So he's he's just playing the game, you know. I think he, that's just all it is. And the reason I bring that up now is there are, you know, we get suggestions for guests, and some of them I want to get on here, but. They won't do it because it's a supposed Guns N' Roses podcast. I say supposed Guns N' Roses podcast because, yeah, it's called Appetite for Distortion. If you don't know by now, play off Appetite for Destruction. But if you've been listening to the show, and I appreciate all the new listeners. I got people who are finding us just now going back. But whatever episode you listen to, I like to think that you can see that this is more than just about Guns N' Roses, that we, uh, the, the respect that I pay to my guests to make sure that they uh, are on to uh, promote what they need to talk about, what I, I don't talk about, what they may be sensitive to them. I think some great examples, A, I mean, just the recent one with Susan Holmes McKagan, you know, that's a, that's a wife of somebody. I didn't ask her anything inappropriate, anything, you know. It's, I'm not going to ask her about a new Guns N' Roses album. That's not her place to say. But like with Tommy Stinson, when he came on, 
you know, he was worrisome that all I was going to talk about were the the replacements in GNR. I don't think we talked any replacements, but the what his um, rep said to me off the air is that there are still like people in my position that say, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll talk about your new product or your new stuff, and then all they do they still do is talk about the old stuff. So and and these guys do hundreds and hundreds or thousands of interviews over their career. So I can never take it personally because I'm just another name. I'm not, I'm not uh, you know Ryan Seacrest. I'm not a, I'm not Eddie Trunk. I'm not Mitch Lafon. People might not know who I am yet, and my, my intentions or lack thereof. So what I would like for you to do, and I don't want to call out any names of anyone in the GNR universe that has really said no to me, because I don't want you to think any of them are bad. I don't want them to be like, oh, why don't you go on this show? How, you know, why do you say I, – I, I want you to tweet or Facebook people that you want on that you would think like, I'm surprised Brandon hasn't had him um, on yet. You know, a, that person may have said no because they're, they, they're afraid of coming on that this is all we get to talk about is Guns N' Roses. Not. I'll give an example, which I just thought was weird. Uh, like I've tried to get Tracy Guns on before. He's very cool with like retweeting stuff uh, that I post, and he's very you know friendly in social media. But he he did an exclusive uh, interview with UltimateGuitar.com, of course, all written in print. But the first thing Ultimate Guitar did in their post was former Guns N' Roses. I mean, like you know, Tracy that doesn't want that. So why are you granting them an exclusive interview when they're gonna do you? You're wrong. I mean, I'm sure the interview was was great on on the up and up, but I don't have to say anything about Guns N' Roses about Tracy Guns. I don't have to do that. You just have to imagine that these people. I would like for them to imagine you're coming on a show that you're you're talking to people that want to hear from you, because well, we all like Guns N' Roses in some degree or another. Uh, old, new, certain band members more than others. You know, maybe you don't like them anymore, and you're you're just here to relive the old. I don't know, relive the old days. Uh, but I think it's important for those you who who know what I'm about to be like to tweet these people because social media has that power to be like you should go on this show. He will happily talk about the new record and not talk about anything. You know, no dirt. Uh, I, I, anyone who wants to talk about, you know, maybe their, their addiction stuff. I even I ask them off the air if you're comfortable with, you know. I, I don't need to know all the the dirt. Yes, it's fun. Yes, it's great for people like Brett sometimes with with clickbait. Uh, I mean, like the interview I did with Richard Fortas. I think some of you even said it was like, you guys didn't really talk that much Guns N' Roses. There was like no headline in there. But we had a nice tw- half an hour conversation with Richard Fortas. That doesn't always have to be a headline. Maybe that would be great for me because that gets more clicks and all that stuff. But it's building the rapport, it's building the show, and you guys and gals are a part of the show. So uh, tweet at the people that you want to come on, and and it might work. It might work, and hopefully it does. So I, I just wanted to give you a, a, a quick episode today uh, with Michael Shanker, uh, have some a heart-to-heart with you with, uh, with Shotgun News, uh, which is just anything that you want to put out there. Um, I'm going to put it – oh, you know what? Let me say this because uh, if, if you guys have any sort of uh, like a bulletin, like if you have like a charity event that you would think that would relate to other Guns N' Roses fans, obviously 
um, we're heard all over the world. But if you have something online like a donation or if you have like maybe a GNR cover band and you want to kind of put it out there, consider this like your uh, community affairs uh, program a little bit, the, the shotgun news uh, portion of it. But I'm going to mention it next episode that I do also. Uh, but I want to thank and, and give some dates out for uh, for former guest of the show, uh, Josh Lewis, who was the original guitarist of Warrant. You should go back and listen to that episode if you have a chance, if you haven't already. Uh, but he got me our, our next guest, which is going to be Howie uh, Huberman, who sold uh, Slash and Izzy some guitars. He was involved in some of the early finances of Guns N' Roses. Uh, as Billy Rowe from Jet Boy, who's going to be our co-host next episode, put it, Howie was at ground zero for Jet Boy in Guns N' Roses. So I think that's going to be a really fun conversation because Billy and, and Howie know each other and just to know about their early days and to talk. I mean, I wish I knew more about guitars, uh, but that's why we got Billy on for, as a guest co-host. So uh, that's going to be fun. But the re- reason I, I bring up Howie now is uh, who set that up, that uh, that interview, is Josh Lewis. And I want to give him a shout-out for his new band, Anita Squeeze. I love that name, Anita Squeeze. Uh, and they're playing some shows um, we heard everywhere, in, including uh, on the West Coast here in the States. So if you're going to be anywhere near the Viper Room, uh, June 10th and June 25th, I need a squeeze with uh, Josh Lewis. So uh, that's my thank you to him for getting uh, Howie Huberman for next episode. When will that be out? Well, I actually will say soon. Soon maybe is the word if you listen to these podcasts as soon as I post them. Otherwise, it doesn't matter if you're listening to this at a much later date because the other podcasts will be available. I don't get it. Time is so confusing. Uh, as far as other guests, um, if you want announcements, please follow on, on social media, facebook.com slash the AFD show or on Twitter uh, at the AFD show. Or you can even follow me on Instagram. Uh, I, I Obviously, I post uh, podcast related stuff on there. That's at Belbiv Brando, <laughs> B-E-L-B-I-V Brando. Yes, taking off Belbiv DeVoe, that girl is poison and also please subscribe to us even if you you are subscribed on one outlet subscribe to them all it just makes us look better and gives us more of a potential to get even bigger and better guests so iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Google Play, iTunes, all of it subscribe please and leave a review leave comments get involved you guys are and gals are involved um, and then uh, let's just see where, where where we continue to go from here. Anyway, I'm rambling as I do. That concludes this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next episode? Well, in the words of Axel Rhodes concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. security, I'm going home.